Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, Jaguars did it again. They did it again. They look good. And I would just say that the player I picked to have a big game, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, had his best game in town. So I think he may have listened to the podcast and uh, decided to pick it up. Hey, look, he did. He showed up finally. Or the coaching staff showed up for him, however you want to look at it. Like I know every, a lot of people are pointing saying Zay got out there. I felt like they tried to get made it a point to try and get Calvin involved with some of the touches that they threw out there. One way or another, it worked out. Finally, and, and I do think Zay, there is truth to that. I do think he gives that offense a little bit more of a versatile look. You're, um, you're not asking Jamal Agnew to come in and, and try to be a – um, you know, that third receiver. I do think Zay Jones adds a an element to that offense that just is not there without him on the field. And is he the missing ingredient of the offense? I don't think so. But I think he is a big piece of that offense. And you could see that this week with Calvin Ridley uh, just running free. And again, Titans aren't a, a great defensive team, but uh, they do have a, a good defensive line. They have some linebackers, but uh, I thought Calvin ran free. They purposely tried to get him the ball and he looked good. Titans are in shambles. <laughs> they are in three shambles. and seven. Man, Ooh. they are they are struggling. You know what's weird is going into the season. I think we sat here and kind of talked about the landscape of the AFC South as we expected it. And I was just like, you know, look, you know, the Titans are going to win like eight or nine games, right? I was talking, you know, you talk about them like the Steelers. You know, some kind of way they're just going to gut out like eight wins. Yeah, and and, and not this year. It not does not year. look like it's happening they, this year. You know, Will Levis had a had a decent statistical game. I did not think he was a big factor uh, in that game. He looked like a rookie. Uh, really, the only plays Tennessee had success on were the the trick plays and. Um, yeah, Will Levis had a good statistical game. I thought it was very interesting to see that final quarterback rating in the 140s. Oh, my goodness. That's... I saw that, and I was like, where was <laughs> I the whole game that he was being this impact? That, and that's why that's a stat that is tough to really evaluate. You have to watch the game. You can't just box score watch. Because I saw that, and I was like, I guess he played fine. Like, the Jags dropped some picks, but what? Yeah, like... yeah that, was, that was an anomaly, too. I, and I think – that was a passer rating, correct? Not yeah. a not a total quarterback rating. No, that was more the QBR. That was the passer rating. That, yeah. That's more indicative of the, the all around quarterback rating is more indicative of how the quarterback played than truly a passer rating because you can you can manipulate those stats. You you see, um, well, they were yesterday uh, on Sunday. Um, I did not think Will Levis changed the game at all. I think he was a sitting duck back there. Jacksonville two sacks defensively, but I still thought they uh, they pressured the quarterback well. They set up to stop Derrick Henry. They did that and really limited uh, anything Tennessee had to throw on them. They had a couple garbage-time touchdowns, but I thought the defense bounced back extremely well. Yeah, defense had a good day. Offense did some good things. I really liked how they changed some of the splits with Calvin Ridley to kind of help him create some space, did some stacked formations against the Titans. Um, clearly they saw something in that secondary. Mm-hmm. They thought that might help them take advantage of it, and it worked. Now the question is, what do they do as they move forward and if some of those things can continue to help them to be successful uh, as they get ready for what's coming right around the corner? Yeah, right around the corner is, uh, you know, we, we didn't even hardly talk about the Titans game this past week. We were no. looking ahead a little bit to that Texans game, and uh, Houston won on Sunday despite a kind of an up-and-down performance of C.J. Stroud, uh, held off the Cardinals, so we do get that uh, de facto early season or midseason AFC South uh, front-runner game. Uh, and that game's a pick at this point. That game's a pick That shows you what the odds makers think of that Jacksonville Texans history and uh, one, one that has not favored Jacksonville. Houston's owned that series, and uh, you got to no, look back no further than week three of the season to see that 37-17 to win. 
at Everbank over the Jaguars. So, yeah, this game's worry, worry, uh, worries me a little bit. It has to. I mean, because I feel like the one question that this Jaguars team hasn't answered yet is can they beat good teams? And at this point, I think we have to say the Texans are a good team. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the, like, the Jaguars' best win right now has got to be against Buffalo, right? Right. And, right. and Buffalo's a team struggling to find its way. Fired its OC, and, you know, had you looked at that, where it was on the schedule when they beat Buffalo, that's a quality win. But right. how it's looked out now, how it's shaken down now, uh, certainly does not look like that. So uh, the Texans game is as big as anyone in a while. I'm not going to say it's as big as the Titans game last year in Week 18 because we all knew what that was about. But where it falls on the schedule now, Houston wins – they have the tiebreaker over Jacksonville in the division. So we we ran the numbers last Friday to show you what little margin for error there was uh, in this, mm-hmm. this second half of the season if Jacksonville loses this game. Um, they have very, very little margin for error with their upcoming schedule. Uh, that's why this Texans game, you cannot undersell it. You can't diminish just how important it is. This is a playoff-type game. I mean, this is a playoff-type game, and the pressure's still on after this, but the Jaguars have to go into Houston and get a win. They have to figure out how. they got to find a way to get the job done. And the good thing about this team is that up until now, they seem to play their best football when they have to do it. You know, when their back's against the wall is what they say. You know, Evan Ingram's pointed it out for you. Lewican said the same thing, that this team, when uh, they're doubted, they gal- it galvanizes the locker room. They band together and they go and get the job done. There are a lot of guys that have been doubted their entire lives, and uh, a lot of people are doubting them going into to this game. The national narrative is going to be how hot the Texans are and just how great C.J. Stroud is. People are crowning, crowning him as an MVP candidate right now, and the expectation nationally is going to be that they're going to roll in and the Jaguars are going to roll out with a loss. Yeah. And this team knows it. And they're going to have to band together and prove everybody wrong. Right. And and you can downplay the history, but we've seen history matters in games in these rivalries. There's something about it. The Colts and Jacksonville, for one, that's a good example of why that history matters. The Texans have controlled this series. It, it's been remarkable that one of the NFL's youngest franchises, I mean, we're talking the Texans team that's not been around for that long of a time, um, all things considered, has dominated Jacksonville, has owned this series. And um, you are worried about it because we saw it last year. Strange things happen in this series. Trevor throwing in-zone interceptions against the Texans at home uh, last year and just in, a, in an unbelievably erratic game, 13-6 to loss. Uh, and in week three this year, they got run off the field. I mean, you, you have a kickoff returned by a 260-pound offensive lineman, fullback kind of guy. Strange things happen in this series, and with how well C.J. Stroud has been playing, he came back down to earth a little bit against Arizona this week, and he was banged up a little bit. So you got to hope Jacksonville sees that tape. Um, and I think Jacksonville is going to be pissed going into this game yeah. uh, with with the narrative of what's happened the last few weeks. Um, you know, the, the talk about Trevor, the Arden Key stuff on Trevor, make him – uh, hit his first read, and he's out of same quarterback. Uh, we heard it during the San Francisco week, you know, make Trevor play quarterback. Um, so I do think they're going to be a little bit angry, and I think you saw that a little bit on Sunday against the Titans. Trevor coming out and making, uh, trying to make that statement game, four touchdowns responsible for. Might I add, Kirk Cousins has had quite a few four touchdown <laughs> games. Um, uh, eight 400-yard passing games from Kirk Cousins, who I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> no, but, but I do think that. When that was the Trevor, last time Kirk Cousins had two rushing touchdowns in a game? I'll, so, I'll, 
So, we'll wait on that one. <laughs> so I, I do think Trevor came out. He was he was pissed about the narrative stuff, and I think he can talk all he wants in press conferences. Trevor knows that. Jaguars pay attention to that. Players pay attention to that stuff, whether they hear it in the building or, or it's brought up in uh, locker rooms or anything like that. I do think they came out looking to make a point against the Titans. I think they're going to try to do that against the Texans. They have to. They they absolutely have to. They have to go and make a point and say this is their division. This is looks like it's going to be a budding rivalry between these two teams for a while. But you know you don't put the what's the cart ahead of the horse. You you, you got to handle business this year. Got to. And that means that this game is huge. So uh, let's look at the game a little bit. The first go round. Mm. That one was bad. bad. Very it was bad. bad. Um, and look, it felt like the Jaguars were getting back into the game until that fullback kickoff return for the touchdown. I don't even remember the guy's name. I just remember he was fullback and he was, <laughs> that was not running pretty. down the sideline. Oh, look, he's still running. Like, you know, so that, that was bad. At that point, it was over with. All the air went out of the team. All the air went out of the stadium. I remember going in the locker room, and there were some guys that just sat there, like catatonic, just staring across the room in full pads. For you know, thirty minutes. Yeah, and you felt like you felt like that game at half was okay, bad first half, but Jacksonville could get right back in that game at th- in in the third quarter, and they did have a quick touchdown. But right after that, it comes back, and you have the kickoff, and uh, one of the heaviest guys in NFL history returns a kickoff for a touchdown. And again, I think the defense, you know, at that point, you're you're kind of heading, you know, you're you're treading water a little bit. You're wanting the offense to make a play, but at that point, you give up a special teams touchdown, and it's like okay. That's why I think that game got so out of hand. I don't think I don't think this week is going to be a 37-17 Texans win. I think it's going to be a, a far closer game. I think Jacksonville's even more dialed in than than they were in week three. Look, I, I, some of this stuff is the uncertainty or the I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word here, but they just didn't know that, what the Texans were going to do. You were at a point in the season where the Jaguars were one and one. They just played the Chiefs really tight, and they probably felt like hmm, it's the Texans. They're gonna roll yeah, past them. Real yeah, high. It's the Texans. The, the their offensive line was in shambles. Hmm, it's the Texans. Nobody thinks they're gonna be any good. Jaguars probably didn't think they were gonna be good. They figured they were gonna roll in there, roll past Houston. And that was going to be that. They had just played the Kansas City Chiefs within a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They. They thought it was going to be a cakewalk. It wasn't. Houston showed up, played, lights out, brought the energy, brought the fight to them, and the Jaguars were trying to respond. And by the time they woke up, it was too late. Everything on paper for that game was just unbelievable to even try and digest. A rookie quarterback making his third career NFL start, a rookie head coach in his third NFL game, um, a Texans team that was – rebuilding at its barest. I mean, they had, I mean, four-fifths of the offensive linemen were backups in that game. Right. Um, and you're you're looking at that game like, okay, we're, we're thinking we're Chiefs level right now. We want to take that next step. I mean, Texans are a, a fly. We're kind of shooting away. I mean, the Texans figured to be a challenging team next year at the earliest and mm-hmm. at that point in the rebuild. So I do think there was a little bit of that maybe looking ahead in that game. Um, yep. Even though – you're an NFL team. You shouldn't be looking ahead, but uh, especially in that series, I mean, Texans. The Texans have owned that series against Jacksonville, and I was worried about C.J. Stroud and the Texans next year and beyond. I was more worried about Anthony Richardson and the Colts this year. They are injured out for this season. I did not see the Texans being a threat this year at all. I mean, they're picking number two in the draft. I mean, it's remarkable 
D'Amico Ryans and, and what they have gotten out of that team so quickly. This is still a young football team. They're, they're a mature young, but they are still a young football team. They're still learning how to handle some of these situations. They're still learning how to deal with some of this stuff. You saw them go into a bye week, come out of the bye week, and get throttled. I mean, they're, mm. they're learning how to do these things on the fly. And part of that is not looking past teams. You say that in college, and you say, oh, it's the NFL, don't look past anybody. They do. Of you course. Do. Yeah, that's I mean, we natural. saw it late last year where the offense kind of played down to the competition at times. They knew, ah, well, we don't have to score a bunch of points against the New York Jets mm-hmm. who couldn't score. They, oh, they don't have to score a bunch of points against the Houston Texans. And they didn't. And then they struggled, and then the defense found ways to make plays, and they walked out with wins, and it didn't bite them in the butt. But it can because you can't look past anyone. And that's what veteran teams do. They don't look past people. This team's not there yet. No. Um, and ultimately, that's what happened. I think they looked past the Texans the first time and created a problem for their future selves to have to deal with now because now the Texans are legit. Now the Texans are rolling, and now the Texans are a problem that you have to deal with. And so now the Jaguars have to roll in there, and they, they have to take care of business because if they don't, Those then sh- you run yeah. the risk of right. – having to fight for a wild card spot or needing some help on that back end of the Texans schedule. Right, and and that is a realistic possibility. I mean, I, I don't think you can kind of downplay this, what this game means. I mean, for the, for the Texans, I mean, you sweep the Jaguars this season with a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. I mean, if you sweep the Jaguars, I mean, that is massive. For that, I mean, for that city, for that team. I mean, a rebuilding team, number two pick in the draft. I mean, worst. We heard worst team in NFL history a couple years ago. Remember Urban Meyer's first mm-hmm. game? We heard that was that Texans team was going to be the worst team possibly in NFL history. And what did they come out and do? They wallop the Jags in Week One that season. So this was you cannot discount this game for the Texans. What it would do for C.J. Stroud and that team, that fan base. That'll they will have arrived if they beat Jacksonville on Sunday. They're, they're a year ahead in the rebuild process, so I do think Jacksonville is going to focus on this as a playoff game, and I do think they're going to feel a little bit disrespected with uh, being a, an even pick against the Texans in this game. And um, I do think Jacksonville is going to, to, to focus on Houston like they did Tennessee and come out, feel disrespected, play with a chip on their shoulder, and uh, hopefully pop the Texans in the mouth and say, hey, you're not quite there yet. Look, I, I think they're getting there. Where it's that point of the season where, you know, the, the expectations start ramping up. There, there's you have to start thinking about seeding. They have to start thinking about playoffs, and each game becomes that much more valuable. And they know that firsthand from last right. year. They were the team that was in first place, or that was trying to fight back from being, you know, in last mm-hmm. place or second to last place in the division. And the Titans were the team that's in first place, so they understand these the importance of these games and that they can't let their foot off the gas. Or at least they should. At least they should because they lived it. They lived the other side of it. Right. And I still vividly remember this time last year after a bye week and the the team's rolling in talking, oh, well, we still have a chance to make the playoffs. We still control our own destiny. And I remember thinking they were crazy. Yeah. Um, I think I'd pulled the graphic and it never made TV, but it was like a a 1% or 5% chance. It was a single-digit chance of making the playoffs. And somehow, you know what? They made it work. You know, and and I think even Trevor, um, after that Niners game, talked about when they were talking about Tennessee, I mean, Jacksonville does not have to look far to say, hey, this is still a dangerous 
portion of the schedule. I mean, we were mm-hmm. in this spot last year. Tennessee was three and six entering this week. Jacksonville's in that spot. They don't have to look far. This is a divisional game, and you're gonna you do not have to look far back. A year back, I mean, all these guys experienced that last year, so um, they know exactly how dangerous a Titans team can be. And I think that's why you saw a different type of Jaguars team on Sunday. You came out, you felt wounded from the, the Niners' loss, you heard the, the noise on the outside, and you know the meat of your schedule is here right now. This is your chance to, to deliver. You cannot give a, a wounded team a chance. They didn't do that. You did exactly what you're supposed to do against the Titans. You beat a bad football team. You dominated a bad football team. You kind of uh, got back on top and said, hey, this is where we deserve to be. We're not going to let what happened uh, last week determine that. We're still – a seven-win football team, uh, and they got right back on track, and that's what you're supposed to do. But with ten, with with the Texans, you're you're trying to beat back almost a Jaguars team from last year. So you you've got to beat back a team that's hot, momentum, not supposed to be here, and the Jags are, are they know that side of the football extremely well. They need to put the formula to beat this team out there, so that way everybody else can can copy paste. <laughs> they they need to be the first ones to figure it out. They're also the first team to play the Texans twice, uh, play C.J. Stroud a second time and have that second shot at it. If their coaching staff can figure it out and put it out there and put it on film, then, of course, it's up to the Texans to try and counterpunch, but other teams will try and copy what they've done because right now teams are struggling to slow them down. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are a team that no one saw coming. You're picking two in the draft, and – I, with all the draft picks they've compiled, they were a total teardown to the studs job. And they are within a game of the AFC South lead. So, um, again, Jacksonville was in this spot last year. They were the hot team in that second half. Nobody wanted to play. Um, and, again, they do not have to look far for motivation or inspiration. Say, hey, the Texans are us last year. They are riding. They're turning things around quickly. A chance to go uh, almost worse to first. And we don't want them that. We don't want that to happen. So, um, again, Jacksonville's been on both sides of the coin. Now it's kind of the favored. It's kind of the king uh, in looking down. So you gotta, you got to justify that. you got to beat back the, uh, the young hopeful. You, you got to put them to bed. You you need to beat they need to beat them and demoralize right. them right like because the last thing you need is them to continue to be that kind of pesky oh well they're right behind right. you yeah I mean you beat them you get a two game lead that's still not exactly a ton of breathing room not with so, the schedule you got coming up not with the Ravens up there um, you know the Bengals even though they are without Joe Burrow I mean that's a challenging game the Browns we've seen them. Uh, big win behind their backup quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, out for the year. So, yeah, there are some tough games. So, even with a two-game mm-hmm. lead, uh, I still don't think you're comfortable Far at this point with, with how Houston has been playing and how, you know, it's just one of those seasons for C.J. Stroud. It's it's just one of those seasons where things have gone well for him, and he hit, hit a little bit of that adversity on Sunday against Arizona. So, maybe maybe teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. Um but if you're Jacksonville, you got to win this game. They have to. They have to. Have to win in this game. We'll talk more about this game on another episode of News for Jacks podcast later on this week. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, and we will see you. Soon.